and welcome to Boris and Matt presents the SmackDown Review in typical SmackDown S-Enemy fashion. When the East Coast dads start their show, you hear the traditional East Coast folk music. So I decided I'm going to keep keep that pattern and I am playing folk music from my people, a good mariachi. And what better mariachi song than the final countdown mariachi version? I'm Boris and as always, I am joined by El Mateo. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. That their mariachi version of Final Countdown, it's a bop. You picked a good one. But is it a bip or just a bop? I think it's a, a, both a bip and a bop and a jam, I would say. All things. Exactly. There you go. Smack Daddies, we hope you're doing fine. Everyone else on the East Coast as well. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy 24 hours, and I'm sure a little longer for a lot of people. I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone has power ASAP. Uh, but And uh, here on the S-Enemy family, we're all thinking about you. We all got you, and we hope you are all doing good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so but the show must go on, and the show going on means that uh, the NXT talkers, the band boys, whatever you want to call us, today it's SmackDown Talk. You know, removing all the vowels. Dude, I don't know what the uh, hell's yeah. going on with me today. I'm, <laughs> I'm on something for sure. I, I Whatever. Yeah, man. Uh, it was a good smukdun that we got to watch today. And we're very glad to uh, be able to fill in for Brad and Greg here. As Boris said, hope y'all are safe. Hope everyone in the East Coast that is listening, safe and sound. And uh, hope you get electricity back soon if you don't have it now. Yeah, so I I have to say I love filling in for the Smack Daddies, uh, especially with you. I think this is the second time that both of us have completely taken over the show, and I have to say I absolutely love it for two reasons. Reason number one, I love talking main roster WWE. Uh, it's something that I don't get to do much, so I love doing it. Number two. We get to take an NXT show off, which nowadays I kind of don't want to. But <laughs> in yeah. the 2.0 days, you know, <laughs> we're like yes. begging for people to take the show over for us. Yeah, like last September, we were trying to foist that show on anybody who we could uh, fool. But yeah, literally, now, uh, any, dude, I would have literally given the show to Sean Burkhead at this at that point. Though <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm sorry, I love you, Sean. <laughs> Stray for Sean. Oh my God. Stunning shot by Boris there over the Bowery. Good heavens. <laughs> we his love poor, you. His poor, his poor cowboys are causing him enough stress. Uh, we love you, Burkhead. Boris said it, not I. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It, it's just like, yeah, we were literally desperate for anyone to take the show over. I think there were weeks where we were so angry watching the show, we were ready to just like not even record a podcast call it quits jacket time jacket time for me was the straw that was breaking the camel's back like every time jacket time was on tv i was like what am i doing with my life yeah did you see that Kashida has uh foot and mouth disease yeah that sucks yeah he's out for a little bit i suppose hopefully he gets i don't even know what that is is that like scurvy what, what is that <laughs> 
Anyways, so that's that's a I'm thing actually, that's happened. Uh, if you want to vamp for a second, I'm looking up head, foot, and mouth disease before I'm, we I'm great at begin. vamping. I'm also good at uh, damping. I'm also good at uh, a lot of things in this world. It is Saturday. It is Saturday afternoon at this point. We already have recorded one show. I'm on like my 80th cup of caffeine. I've actually switched to a Pepsi Zero. Not mm. too bad. I've had worse. Um, zero sugar. I don't mind the Pepsi Zero. I've had one or two. Yeah, they're they're not, they're not too bad, right? You know, I gotta keep my schvelt figure, right? My 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 <laughs> feminine my feminine figurine. Yes. So that's how I do it. And, and I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, uh, soft drink drinker, but I do have it from time to time, especially you know <laughs> with some rum. That's actually literally yeah. the reason why I keep these around. But there we go. Or or you know what's actually good also that martini mix. Really? I've actually, I don't know if I've ever had a martini or martini mix or anything martini adjacent in my life. I guess I've had olives. Those are martini adjacent. Uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease is a mild, contagious viral infection common in young children. Symptoms include sores in the mouth and a rash on the hands and feet. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't no, it does sound not fun sound very fun. You know what I've had? I've had cotton mouth for the past few days. Really? Smoking yeah. too much dope, Boris? Right. Like, I haven't even gotten near the stuff in like three hours. But no, but seriously, <laughs> no, it's been like a while, right? But I just, I feel like this, this, it, it, I think it's just a change in weather. Like, literally, I love how the first day of fall, you, you needed to wear a sweater already. It was hilarious. It was like literally the first day of fall was the first day we all needed jackets in the city of Toronto. It was yeah, jacket just, uh, time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hate it. Gag me with a wooden spoon. It is a cool 18 degrees. It's a really it's a lovely cloudy fall day in Toronto right now. It's 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 quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's beautiful. I love this weather. Is is it sunny? I don't know. I, I don't have a perfect view to the it's outside like, world right now. I think the official the official scientific weather term would be mostly sunny. The meteorolo meteorological term boris mostly sunny a little you know bit funny partly cloudy if you will but you can see my figurines in the back right like some of the toys i have and and, uh, and yes. whatnot i just realized that the pop figures i have are three people who are not even on AEW tv right now it's the bucks and omega that's hilarious yeah they, we may never see them again <sighs> no that's not true they're going to be wrestling cm punk in six months but not well happen. 10 months <laughs> In impact, maybe. Get out of here. CM Punk will be back in AEW. Eventually. Eventually. We'll see. But yeah, man. It's um Yeah, let's, I let's spend move. this time. I thought I saw something <laughs> move. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Let's spend this time chatting about the main roster, not AEW. While we have this chance. I mean, I'm not much of a main roster guy because Vince McMahon's vision of professional wrestling, specifically since uh, I don't know, I guess actually since Chris Benoit passed away in 2007, since then, but like really over the past four or five years, WWE, in my opinion, had gotten unwatchable. But now I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, specifically SmackDown and NXT because Raw is still way too long. But SmackDown or NXT, they're pretty good every What's week. Fun? This was a pretty good show. What's actually funny is that when we started NXT talk, you weren't even watching WWE. 
I wasn't at all. I actually, when we first started the podcast, I asked if we could do AEW instead. It was before Rampage was even on the air. I wanted to do Dynamite, but obviously Joe and Mouth were doing Dynamite and doing it well. We needed an NXT review here on SNME. And at the end of the day, I'm glad I, I did it. I'm glad I went back in on NXT. Got to live through the entire 2.0 era. Get to know it intimately in great detail. And now, when someone like Solo Sokoa shows up on SmackDown and is super important, we know all about him, Boris. And I think, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring the show together in that sense, is I love the fact, and, and these the past few weeks, especially with Solo Sokoa, has proven that this new direction of the one universe, the, it's all canon, for lack of a better term. It's canonpodcast.com, my geek podcast, um, where it makes just sense, nice. where you're getting the same characters, and it's not like this breakup of character, and, and, and that's what I hated about the previous incarnation of NXT and, and when these wrestlers went to the main roster. It just, to me, didn't make sense, because you spent millions building them up in nxt and then you you literally break that all up and you start from scratch no the whole point of nxt especially with nxt on a national platform like the usa network is so that we can get that introduction of these characters and literally just move them up to the main roster as the same people and then you have some built-in storylines dude can you imagine if this was a few years ago and you had like the same Asuka going up, the same Bailey going up, the same Sasha going up, and you continued some of these long-term stories. If you had, um, uh, uh, what's her face, uh, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane's story continuing on the main roster. Yeah, man. Well, uh, just on this show, just on this one SmackDown episode, we had a tease of L.A. Knight, NXT wrestler, returning. We had a mention of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai's NXT history in their match. We had all the stuff with Solo Sokoa, like just the fact that he was like we were told on this show what Solo Sokoa is and what he's about. And we saw him kick some ass, too. But at the same time, we know having watched NXT, we know how good he is. We know how strong he's been pushed as well. So yeah, man, it's uh, clearly fully established, fully in canon. The difference is the right hand and the left hand now are on the same body. The right hand knows what the left hand is doing. They are in agreeance. My right hand's always on the same body as the left hand. Uh, was that supposed to be some kind of euphemism or? Yeah, 100%. I, I, I don't Masturbation. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> All that's wrong with me. Who the hell's gonna want to meet me? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so come and meet Boris. After, come, uh, you can you can get these jokes and worse on Wednesday, October 12th at the Rido on Queen Street, right before we all, most of us, go watch some dynamite, come to the Rhino. There's going to be prizes, giveaways, dad jokes, especially from Matt. Matt, you're doing a uh, little a routine, quite possibly. Yeah. A good night, a, a hard 90 seconds. Yeah, a, a, a tight uh, tight minute and a half of stand-up. No, I might do a couple minutes of stand-up, work on some jokes, and uh, maybe I'll try to write some wrestling-related material, too. You know what I'll do is I'll do, like, a couple minutes of, like, my own material, and then I'll do, like, a wrestling roast. 
pick yes. like ten wrestlers and roast them. Exactly, exactly. Kane needs to be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Kane. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, there's also some, there's some material there because his oh backstory. because of the fire. Yeah. Like one time he set Jim Ross on fire. Yeah. Do you remember, man? Do you remember when like O three Kane? He was actually sick. Like tombstoning Linda McMahon and shit. Yeah, when he had uh, that awesome theme music from um, uh, Finger Eleven. Speaking yeah. of Finger, so before we move again and and, and, yeah. and you know do what we do best, and that's ramble. Um, so yeah, at the Rhino, it's going to be a lot of fun. Honestly, you're going to be seeing appearances. Uh, there, there, little birdies say that people from Saskatchewan might be there. Um, both Matt and I are going to be there. Uh, Dan DeMath is going to be there. I think. Joe's going to be there. Um, East Coast dads probably won't be able to make it now because of prior commitments. Uh, but you're going to get the majority of the hosts, at least from the SNME side. You're getting all of Dark Side of the Elite. You're getting all of the THT group. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. And like I like to say, in all seriousness, it is going to be a celebration of wrestling. We are a small community that loves this niche little product, this little product that could, this little product that tons of people love to make fun of. But there are so many of us now. We all found each other once. We're going to find each other again at the Rhino. It's going to be a fantastic time. And honestly, I'm going to use this as a testing ground to see if these types of parties work. So if you want more of these things, come out Wednesday, October 12th. Have some fun. Have a bash at the bar with the SNME, yeah. THT, and Dark Side of the Elite group. Can't wait, man. The Rhino, uh, Queen Street West. It's about a 20-minute walk. It's about two kilometers from the event uh, from the venue. It's going to be a good time, man. 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday before Dynamite. Yeah. All right. Before we start talking that's, about SmackDown. That's October we... 12th. October 12th. Two and a half weeks. Finger crazy. 11. Absolutely crazy. Finger 11 is playing a show at the Phoenix on November 4th. No shit, man. We should go to that. I love Figure Eleven. They're, if you want, uh, my, my buddy Tommy, you know my buddy Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's gotten trashed with us uh, many times. Uh, yeah, he, he he wants to go. You know who's opening for them? Who's that? Econoline Crush. Oh my god! No way! What a show, yo! I I think I know where exactly where the Phoenix is. Yeah, on Sherburne. Yeah, man. I yeah. used to work like right there. That's like my old neck of the woods. The Phoenix Concert Theater. I know exactly where that is. Man, let's go to that. Finger 11. Fuck yeah. They got some jams. Paralyzer. Uh, one Thing. Really nice song. Also, Kane's theme song. The wonder of the world is gone. Yep. And then you got Econoline Crush. Like, uh, this yeah. is like, you know, early 2000s. Like, you know, just, just awesomeness right there. Um, it's funny because that's going to be the second time in two days that I'm going to be going to the Phoenix because on November 2nd, I'm going to go watch Guar there. <laughs> no way. That's sick, man. Uh, the Phoenix holding it up. Good for you. Yep. So that's that. All right. Let's talk some smacketh down if from September 23rd. Matt, I'm tired. You can do this one. Yeah, I'll drive. Uh, it's as as per my driving's uh abilities it's going to be a little bit of an abbreviated review but we'll let you know everything you need to know about this smackdown episode september 23rd 2000 
and 22. The show opens with the bloodline coming out, including Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa. So we get clips of the press conference last week of Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. Roman shoving Logan Paul. Triple H doing his best Dana White impression, stepping in the way and being bald. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It just looked exactly like a UFC press conference, which I'm sure was by design. So, yes, Michael Cole lets us know that the Usos are defending the tag team titles against the brawling brutes in the main event. That's Butch and Ridge Holland. So they are in Salt Lake City. Roman Reigns tells the Utah City to acknowledge him. Everyone in the crowd does show over roll credits. No. So, so uh, if I go ahead. interject for one second. So Please. the reason why I did the rampage report for slam wrestling, you can check it out at slam wrestling.net um, is because the person who usually does it, Tommy Milagro, Mark, you know, you, you've talked to him. He talks to him. He covers NWA. He covers rampage. He, because they were in Utah, he was at, smackdown you can check out his live report which is an awesome live report that's something that slam is doing more of is okay here's what happened in the show but then here's what happened if you were there live um so we have live reports tommy did the live report for smackdown and he said that the ovation that the bloodline got was just absolutely crazy especially in the intro for like a solid two minutes they were just taking it all in and he said that he doesn't know how it came off on tv but that place was just absolutely insane for not only that segment but he said that utah was starving for wrestling because the entire night the crowd was hot you know what I've noticed in the Triple H era? Crowds are better. And you know why the crowds are better? Because the show is better. Toronto had a really hot crowd for Monday Night Raw. The Seattle SmackDown or Raw that happened recently, that was like a really, really hot crowd. This crowd was good. I didn't get a sense that they were cheering that much, but I that's possibly because they weren't miking the crowd well because these guys are heels after all, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the wise man gets on the microphone, Paul Heyman. He refers to the locals as Salt Lake Cityots, which was funny. Uh, Heyman says, don't feel bad for Drew McIntyre because this is not his time. And now Drew McIntyre has another bridge to cross. A little clever Paul Heymanism there. Paul Heyman says that the elder Samoan gods, the elder Samoan tribe leaders, sent Solo Sokoa to be the enforcer. Because Roman Reigns and the Usos, they have too much on their plate. So Solo Sokoa is here. He is the Arn Anderson, the Bob Probert of this group, Boris. I love that. Yes, sir. So uh, everybody, uh, every, so sorry, uh, wrote, there is a point here where Roman Reigns gets in Sokoa's face. He says the elders may have sent Solo Sokoa, but Solo answers to Roman now. So he demands that Sokoa acknowledges him. There's a little beat, a little bit of tension, but Solo responds, I acknowledge you, my tribal chief. And they hug. Everyone's happy. Music hits. We think the promo is over, but Sami Zayn interrupts, asks to cut the music, which they do. The whole bloodline on one side of the ring, Sami Zayn on the other. And Paul Heyman on Sami Zayn's side, I thought this was funny, shakes his head, puts his head down, 
and slowly walks over to the rest of the bloodline. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? This slow burn of Sami Zayn. Number one, Sami Zayn, he's one of the best things on WWE TV week over week. He's perfect for this role. I love everything he does. And, you know, it's like everyone who's like, oh, I wish Sami Zayn went to AEW. Man, man, oh, man. I think even Sami Zayn is super happy with what he's doing right now because he's being featured week in, week out. And the slow burn on this story and the payoff, I think, is going to be huge for him and Owens. The the fact of the matter is a, a high spot, a top of the card spot in WWE is better than AEW. It just is. It's more exposure. It's more money. But I think I think he and Kevin Owens made the right decision. Yeah. So yeah, Sami Zayn. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you, buddy. So yeah, Sami Zayn says that he too would like to take this opportunity to publicly acknowledge his tribal chief, and Roman is flabbergasted at this. He's like, Sami, why are you talking? Why are you speaking right now? And he says, Sami, why are you wearing the Bloodline shirt? And the crowd gasps. They go, ooh. And he says, Sammy Zayn, I need you to take off that shirt. Sammy responds, are you joking? Like, I don't know if this is a bit, Roman. And Roman interrupts him. He says, Sammy, don't say anything else. Take that shirt off now. And we get angry dad Roman. And then the craziest Uso, Jay Uso, gets up in there, tears Sammy Zayn's shirt off his body, leading, uh, adding, sorry, to the Jay Uso Sammy Zayn beef that has been going on. Sammy Zayn standing there, shirt ripped off, looking sad, puppy dog eyes, looking like he's about to get the crap eaten out of him. And Roman says, You'll never wear that shirt again because I got you a new one. And he throws him a shirt. That reads SZ, SZ, honorary oos. And Sami Zayn is overjoyed. He is he is a pig in shit. He is a kid in a candy store. He is the happiest that a man has ever been on a wrestling show, jumping up and down, hugging all the Usos, gives Roman a big hug. Roman looks like Vince McMahon that one time that Mick Foley hugged him. Yeah. He just looks sick to his stomach. But then eventually he puts an arm around Sammy, and that gets a huge pop from the audience. They really cheered audibly when Roman finally gave Sammy the hug back. This was a long promo, but honestly, excellent. Excellent 20-minute promo to open the show. The other dynamic that I'm absolutely loving is the like the 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 polar opposite, the mirror images of Jay and Jimmy and how they react to everything Sammy Sammy does. I love it. Yeah, Jay Uso is the over the top crazy guy, like the the get back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he needs a he needs some Ritalin. He needs to calm down. Him and Jimmy Dunn is needs to be a little more tranquilo. Exactly right. But Jimmy is like the silent crazy guy. Jimmy doesn't react. Jimmy doesn't say anything. But you know that Jimmy would kill you. You know that like he's in some ways he's even scarier than Jay. I love this entire act. Every bit of it is great. Solo is just a nice little bit of spice to it. They already have Paul Heyman cutting excellent promos every week. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, this is great. Uh, this is a great start to the show. A little long, but I feel like it made a lot of sense having it this long because it moved so many things forward. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a little long, but not too long. It 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 needed to be that long. It was entertaining the whole time. It was the best thing on the show, honestly. It really was. It really was. All right. 
match number one for this. Uh, actually, I don't think it was for the SmackDown women's title, but it involved SmackDown women's champion Liv Morgan versus Lacey Evans. The story of this match was Liv Morgan is tough. So Lacey Evans really took like 70, 75% out of this match, beat up Liv Morgan, and then Liv hit her with a kendo stick and set her up on a table, stepped up to the top rope, and hit a jumping senton from the top of the ropes to the outside through a table. Incredible bump. Crushes Lacey Evans. And Liv Morgan is ready for her Extreme Rules match versus Ronda Rousey coming up in a couple weeks. I think this was a very... So here's here's my take. Overall, I like this. Show, give some credibility to Liv Morgan. Great. But should your champion be getting their ass kicked this much in a match mm-hmm. on TV? That's a it's a good point. I see both sides. They want to show you that Liv is tough. But yeah, Lacey Evans is low on the card and she really did beat the crap out of the champion here. So I I think it was maybe Lacey took too much. Yeah. But overall, I understand what they were going for and I appreciate that. And again, it's 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 a nice way because this is by far the strongest and probably the best that Liv Morgan has looked wrestling-wise since she became champ. I had to do a dramatic pause just because uh. I was thinking of Liv Morgan's <laughs> many, many ring attires. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to derail the show yet again. Here's a fun fact. I So, 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 somebody whose name starts with a J uh, knows I absolutely love Liv Morgan. And the reason for that is. I forget where, what she was doing, but there was a couple times where she was going out and she kind of did like, you know, the, the that, that euphoria makeup that all these women are starting to wear, right? Especially Liv Morgan, like with the teardrop and stuff. Anytime I show an example of, of, of good makeup, I always use Liv Morgan. And she's like, you always show the same person. And what's funny enough <laughs> is that like... She kind of looks like her a little bit. So, like, it's just like anytime, anytime Liv Morgan is on TV or or comes up in some shape, way, or form, it's like, you sly son of a bitch. That's really funny. It's it's funny when you kind of, I guess it's not really the same thing, but it's kind of, it's funny when you and, and a uh, significant other or a friend, even just of some kind, have, like, that that person who's your boy who you, like, both, like, like, you know what I mean, or your girl. And it's kind of funny that in a, in a roundabout way that's kind of become Liv Morgan for you. Yeah, in a weird way. Anyways, continue. Uh, I used show. to, uh, I, in 2011, 12-ish, I was, I was dating this girl, and we both loved Alberto Del Rio. It was, like, each other's, like, ringtones on our cell phones. Boy, that one didn't age well. No, it did not. It it did not. No, sir. All right. Hit row backstage. They're having a party, a party for three and then more because the street profits show up with their big old red cups. And then who should show up but Shinsuke Nakamura and the baby faces are all there having fun, pouring champagne. It is a party backstage. I like this. It was good seeing Shinsuke again, and uh, you know Hit Row. I'm a fan of Hit Row, so absolutely, yeah, same man. I, I like uh, I like Top Dollar. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, Sami Zayn backstage talking to Madcap Moss and Ricochet. They're making fun of him uh, for having his head all the way up Roman Reigns' ass. They say he's obnoxious and unbearable, which was true before, but now it's even worse. 
So uh, while this is happening, Solo Sokoa jumps both, shoves them both into a garage door, lays the beating to both of them. Sami Zayn pulls him off and says, good job, Oos. I was just about to do that myself. <laughs> and then they walk off. Setting up next week, Sammy and Solo versus Ricochet and Mad Cat Moss. That is booked for next week. Excellent use of Solo Sokoa there. If you don't know Solo Sokoa from NXT, this is a great way to show that this guy is from the streets and he's a champion of the streets. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's the street fighter and he's down to get dirty. He will attack you anywhere. That is Solo Sokoa. Yeah. And, awesome and video package. Oh, go ahead. Exactly. No, you're right. It was it was so well done. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Good good stuff. Sammy was hilarious as per usual too. Uh, next up, an awesome video package here, putting over the Usos, narrated by Paul Heyman, talking about their record-setting title reign. The Usos are now third longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Their SmackDown title reign, I believe. No, it's the Raw title reign, right? Whatever what happened first is now third all-time on the list of longest reigns behind only Demolition and The New Day. And they will probably catch them very soon. Looks like the Usos are going to be the longest reigning champions. Yep. Man, it's crazy, like, the bloodline and, like, just the trust that WWE as a company has for the bloodline because they are making legendary runs on every belt they hold. Yeah, I guess except Solo's uh, North American title. But, yeah, I know 100%, man, like, the tag teams and the Roman thing is looking like to set some records. Pretty crazy. Yep. Maximum male models versus the new day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. This match goes two and a half minutes. Uh, Kingston wins with the backwoods small package roll up. Max Dupree pissed off after the match, throws his jacket down and walks out on the maximum male models. And uh, it seems that Monsoir has tweeted at uh, Max Dupree, something about not changing his name and Twitter handle. So it's coming soon. The switch for Max Dupree is coming soon. He's going to be a wrestler, probably by the name of L.A. Knight, in a couple weeks. One night. Cannot wait. Um, yeah, L.A. Look, Max, L.A. Knight, whatever you want. Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him. He can make whatever work, but he, I just want him to be a solo act. Like, you know, for people who saw him on NXT and Cameron Grimes stuff, like, that was so much fun. It was so good. He can literally take almost anything and make it good, but he needs to be solo. Or not Sokoa. Nah, okay, very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Could not agree with that more. Yeah, let's get him out of this dumb male model thing, which is just, it's not the worst thing on television, but it is a very much an opening act. It's very much bottom of the card act. Which is fine. Not everyone will always be yeah. top of the card, right? You need to start somewhere, and someone needs to start the show sometimes. 100%. Uh, so the ring crew is reinforcing the ring for the upcoming Otis versus Braun Strowman match, which was shockingly fun. We go backstage for Hit Row's party, which has gathered some steam. We see Sonya Deville, Natalia, Zia Lee, Drew Gulak cranking drinks. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo come in. They try to hit on B-Fab, but she wants none of it. And Top Dollar kick the heels out. More on that later. B-Fab tells them to be gone. Ha-ha! I love it. Five stars. 
next up, Braun Strowman versus Otis. Five and a half minutes. I liked it, man. I thought this was a lot of fun. We haven't been doing the ratings on this one, but if I had to rate this one, I would say three stars. Three out of five for this match. Way better than I thought it was going to be. I was not looking for this. all hell. Same. But, but you know what? This was like sometimes these weird pairings and like two quote unquote bad wrestlers. Although I think Otis is pretty good, honestly. But yeah, this isn't on paper. This isn't Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle there. You know what I mean? Who? But I think it, they delivered. Uh, sorry, Kurt Angle versus uh, the ghost of wrestling past. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, five and a half minutes. Uh, Otis hits a world's strongest slam, gets a two count, follows that up with a Vader bomb for a two count. Uh, goes to hit a flying headbutt. Strowman moves out of the way of that. Hits Wardlow's power bomb for the win in five minutes and a half of a minute. Good, good match. I love. There are people on Twitter, and I love the fact that you even said Wardlow's power bomb because there are people on Twitter shitting on Braun Strowman for doing a power bomb, saying he's he's the WWE is copying Wardlow. Yeah, that's why. That's why I said that. That's I know, silly. I, know. I, I just said that as a joke. The power bomb has been around literally since fucking Luthez. Luthez did power bombs. I think he invented it. Yeah, but this goes to show you. Sometimes it's the fans that ruin everything. Sometimes, like guys, come on. Just to quote a wise man, tranquilo. You know, <laughs> exactly. Continue. Uh, Caleb Braxton backstage, the third to fourth hardest working reporter in all of professional so it's wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, she's fourth. She's number four. She's number four. She's, Kayla's number four. Where's, where's Marvez on the list? 17, 22? <laughs> 69. <laughs> nice. So, yes, Caleb Braxton backstage interviewing the brawling brutes. Pretty confident that they would win here. Sheamus says he's getting. The Intercontinental title in two weeks in a rematch against Gunther on the season premiere of SmackDown. So I can't wait to see that again because that was one of the top 10 best matches of the year. One of the best matches possibly ever in WWE legitimately. Yeah, I think it's too soon for a rematch, but but it's going to get a ratings pop that week for sure. Exactly. No, I don't mind it. Switch the Intercontinental title, have a big, nice moment on TV and then do a, a third match at a pay-per-view. And uh, Walter will win that, and you're off. Drew McIntyre, carry on Cross and Scarlet, a little segment here. So Drew McIntyre comes out for a promo. He's got a leather strap in his hand. Basically, he challenges carry on Cross to a strap match at Extreme Rules. Scarlet comes out. Screen goes to black and white. Carry on Cross jumps Drew from behind. They do have a little brawl which uh, ends up with Scarlett giving Drew a low blow so that carry-on cross can lock in his cross jacket submission and look crazy and yell mean things at Drew as he passes out. He keeps keeps telling McIntyre, let it go, let it go as he passes out, which is creepy and spooky. Uh, This was fine. Pretty pretty standard pro wrestling. Yeah, it was exactly. It wasn't, it was fine. It didn't like it, didn't hate it. It was, it was good enough. Yes. Next match, Raquel Rodriguez versus Dakota Kai. Very fast. This went, what, like a minute? Uh, Two minutes, one second. There you go. Two minutes and one second. So uh, basically the finish of this match, 
Shotzi runs out, attacks both Bailey and EO Sky because they had been interfering in the match. That distracts Dakota Kai. Raquel Rodriguez rolls up Dakota Kai. I like the roll up here. It was like a very, very tight. Uh, it looked like she, like Dakota Kai could not kick out of this. It looked actually like a real finish. So I bought the roll up. Your winner in what? Two minutes, one second, Raquel Rodriguez. Yep, exactly. I, this is a this was fine. This is exactly what it needed to be. I love damage control. I, I you know I'm a sucker for Same. all three, right? Same, yeah, absolutely. I I love that act. I love all three as heels. I like that they're all getting pushed. Big fan. We go back to the party, uh, backstage hit row, living it up, not giving a fuck until Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza barge in. They super kick Top Dollar, who's sitting on the couch, and then they run away like cowards. I love that. And then I, I love Top Dollar stands up, eyes wide, saying, y'all just made the biggest mistake of your life. I'm going to rip your head off. I, I like this little thing. And it obviously sets up Humberto and Angel Garza getting destroyed by Top Dollar and crew next week. What I'm liking about WWE main roster right now, or WWE in general, is that matches are being set up. There are clear stories being told. And it's not just random rematches week in and week out. Exactly, man. And just just that alone, it's like a wrestling company again. It's like a normal wrestling show. It's it's the storytelling, the week-to-week progression, the episodic television that we all know and love. It's not just Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler for the 17th time, you know? Yep. That that's exactly it. Like and and I love the fact that like we're getting back to the era of where even if you're a mid-carder, you have a story that's being told for yourself. Yeah. You're not just randomly showing up in matches. You have a character. You have motivations. You have a logical reason to exist on like, this program. 100%. Tell me the last time Los Lotharios were featured in backstage promos for a good reason and not just randomly hitting on Kayla Braxton. Or, like, running around with their arses out after the 24-7 time. Yeah. Exactly. Like, this is a perfect use of all those backstage segments, and the payoff is going to be, well, uh, you know, Top Dollar just just literally kicking both of their asses. For it. Nothing wrong with that. Which brings us, Boris, to our main event, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland and Butch for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. This went 14 minutes and 14 seconds. I have a time that I thought this was very good. Great tag team match, honestly, I would go as far to say. The only thing that brought it down was Rich Holland. <laughs> Rich Holland was noticeably the worst wrestler in this match, but he still, he did okay. Like, he didn't, you know, fall on his face. He's better than he was in NXT. Oh, boy, 100%. Yes, you can see that he has improved a lot from those days, for yeah, sure. And I see a similar future to one member of Intel Express when they're on the main roster. But this was... I think the second best match we watched on Friday night. That's interesting. I'd have to really think about it. This one versus Sting and Darby uh, against the House of Black. You For think this me, one was better? Yeah, I think this one was overall better. I like this one a l- like just a little more. Um, and, and we're both in agreement that uh, that uh, Hobbs and Starks was number one, right? Yes, that was match of Friday night for sure. Yeah. That match was awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, but th- I thought you were going to yes. interrupt me and say Hook and Action Bronson because I would have just, <laughs> I would have literally just ended the show right now. 
<laughs> that's why I Check tried. The that's, that's honestly tried. I tried to keep the sentence going so that you cannot jump in. That's amazing. Check out the Rampage Ramble for more on Boris and uh, my thoughts on that match. Uh, spoiler, we did not get along. We did not agree. But we are in agreement that this was a great main event, great tag team match. So the last few minutes, Butch snaps Jay Uso's fingers, tags in Holland. But as that's happening, Jimmy Uso makes a blind tag in. So Holland ducks double super kicks and gets like a double... I don't even know what you would call it, like a, a double electric chair. Yeah. I guess on the Usos, picking either Uso up on both of his shoulders, slamming them down. Sick move. Um, so after that, I guess Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland have a tag team finisher. It's like the combo power slam slash kick to the head. So they hit that for a very near uh very near two count. Jey Uso just breaks up the cover there. At this point, Sami Zayn, he grabs a chair, slowly makes his way to the ring and sits there teasing that he's going to throw it in. Sheamus, it was a little late on his cue here, but that's fine. Sheamus goes to attack Sami Zayn, takes away the chair. At that moment, Marcel Barthel and Giovanni Vinci run in from Imperium. Sheamus dispatches them, but turns around into a huge running boot from Walter. That was awesome. And that distraction leads to the 1D, the former Dudley death drop. The Usos hit Butch with the 1D, get the pin in a great tag team main event. It was awesome. It was so freaking good. It was such a good match. Uh, if there's, I think this was the best WWE. Ooh, is no, this was not the best WWE match of the week because I still think that the main event from NXT was the best yeah. WWE match. Matches of the week, number one match of the week, Hobbs versus Starks. Number two, JD McDonough versus Tyler Bate, and then number three, probably this one. Yeah, and then number four would probably be, I would honestly have to say, Danielson and Mox. Yeah, true. Oh, fuck, I totally forgot about... Oh, man, there's, we're so spoiled with good wrestling. There's so much good wrestling on there. I wonder if I, I have to sit there and go through Grand Slam again. There's, like, probably three or four matches just this week that will show up on man, the year end you list. picked the perfect week to be the uh, Boris of SNME. Like, you no got doubt. some awesome wrestling this week. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky, yeah. And uh, hopefully you know, y'all didn't get sick of my voice because I've been on, like, six podcasts in a row. So <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up here and uh, let you listen to Mike, let you listen to Boris, let you listen to Joe and Mouth and everyone else. Yeah, no, no, man. It's 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 awesome. Sharing the love, sharing the shows. That's how we do here on SNME. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was a fun little smackdown. Now let's talk about the elephant, or shall I say, the white rabbit in the room. Obviously, there was a lot of you, you, you like how I did that? There was a lot of teases that was great. for that to be um, resolved tonight because the 923 stuff. Uh, there were a lot more advertisements with um with directions and it they all pointed to calgary dramatic pause alberta canada which is the location of monday's raw i think it's edmonton but yes um, it's all the same <laughs> I, I just like <laughs> pissed off all of western canada with that one right yeah, there geez, that's, that's, again boris said it not me you're making lots of enemies on this podcast my what friend what else did i say but uh, about Burkhead. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> right off the hop of this thing. I You're forgot about book, that. Book ending this one with like just Boris, just full Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies. Boris addresses his enemies on this podcast. He just needed like a pack of uh, muffins beside me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I'm old, I'm pissed off, and I work with children, Boris. I do work with children sometimes. <laughs> You're just still mad that I liked Action Bronson. Oh, what? You have no idea how angry that made me. How could you like that shit? Uh, it, was, it was good. It was a good match. But yeah, man, we're spoiled with good wrestling so much this week. I was very glad, humbled, and uh, super appreciative to be able to talk about it with all y'all. Hope you enjoyed listening to my voice. And we'll be back here at SNME Radio with more and more and more. The, the mothership, the flagship show, Sunday. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great one. And then, obviously, Wednesday, October 12th at the Rhino. We got this. We got the bash at the bar happening right before AEW Dynamite. Going to be fun. Gonna have prizes, gonna have giveaways, gonna have surprises, gonna have a bunch of stuff. It's gonna be a fun mother effing time. Man, I am pumped. That is all. Thank you for listening. Smack Daddies, y'all stay safe. Everyone else on the East Coast, stay safe as well. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. The Rhino, 1249 Queen Street West. Yeah, yeah, yeah.